0: Hi.
1: Hi. Hi,
0: Josephine.
1: Hi, Miss Wendy.
0: Hey, mother fella.
1: Hey. Hey, Hi. good looking.
0: <laughs> What's cooking, good looking?
1: Oh my god. Do you like my quarantine hair?
0: I was gonna say you um you freshened up that fade a little bit. You had the at-the-home haircut happening.
1: Yes, I did. I mean and I've
0: seen way worse. I've yes. seen really, really atrocious at home haircuts. Yours looks pretty damn fly. Thanks. Big ups to moms.
1: Big ups to moms. You know, I sent her like she was watching YouTube videos and then I sent her like one that was like a gay hairstylist influencer just because, uh-huh. you know, they know what they're talking about. Uh huh. And and I was like, okay, well, here you go. And I think the biggest thing was that like she was still very like she put the guard on on the clippers and then like would barely touch the hair. And I'm like, mom, just <laughs> You gotta make contact. Get in there. You gotta get in there and make contact get with it. Get in there
0: like that gay influencer does. Get in there. Exactly.
1: Like let's yeah. let's start with a six. And I'm like, mom, that's not gonna get that's gonna <laughs> keep it the way it is right now. We need to go lower because it's okay. It will it's hair, it will grow back.
0: It is, it is, it is. Well, welcome the children to Art Time of the Month. Welcome to Art Time of Quarantine April. Yes. Twenty twenty. Um, this has been our first full month in quarantine, in the So mm-hmm. We've had nothing to do but sit here and absorb content.
1: So we hope that you have, you know, the next five hours dedicated Seriously. to listening <laughs> I mean, to this podcast.
0: Because we're going to cover everything that you've been watching already, and you're going to just hear us talk about it.
2: All, all right <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
0: the let's get into it first of all we should talk about the fact that you and i actually did follow through on a campaign promise um and we hate watched cats together we did do you want to talk about that experience and how we planned it all and everything
1: you know we did it so it was really it we did it like uh we zoomed each other so we were on zoom together wow. and wow. then we um we had it synced, so that way you know we could um so that way we could watch it like you know simultaneously, sort of there was a little bit of delay on my end, but um, but it
0: was like a second or something, yeah, like it was that. like a but second we basically said like one, two, three, go together, <laughs> and we synced up we synced up like a period,
1: and I gotta say that I probably would watch it one more time just to like j- just one more time because i because i did not rent it i own it so now i own it
0: <laughs> i want to talk about that because i also was forced to pay 19.99 for that shit and now i also own it because that was not a rentable movie when mm-hmm. i decided to hate watch now it you can rent it but then back in the easier times
1: yes back in those e- easy times
0: <laughs> um Yeah, no. So we were both forced to pay for it and own it, and therefore we both made that commitment.
1: There was a lot of, there was a lot of things happening. There was
0: so much, so much. We took photographs of ourselves watching it. Um, Several people reached out to me about us hate-watching it with their opinions as well. Jenny Bloom hate-watched it. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: There are people People have really strong opinions I think people who work in the industry or like Know theater have mm-hmm. very very Strong opinions about it That's and true. you know What I and I was like okay This is this is fine I get where the hate comes from But like It was just the most Bizarre and surreal Thing and like Thank I It would have been much. better It would have been better if They just made them actual cats and not like with human faces i just and hands i
0: didn't didn't get any of it i was like five minutes i was like the fuck is this movie about joe what the hell am i watching And
1: then i'm trying and i'm trying to explain like oh yeah it's like cats it's t.s elliot and there's like
0: yeah which i know like vague references to yeah like in movie form it was bananas stupid and then i was like Rebel Wilson, I'm sorry. <laughs> Rebel Wilson did not have to be in this movie. Mm-mm. And and I'd love Rebel Wilson, but this was not her time. This was not her time to shine. And the moment where she like rolled over and scratched her cat vagina, that was, <laughs> that was when I I took a, an appalled selfie of me her watching cat. Cats. Her it, cat cha cha. <laughs> oh god. Yeah. I say yeah, it was a big thumbs down on my end over here. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> it was real bad. Uh, I I mean like I did like I did love um James Corden as Buster for Jones. I think what surprised Wendy the most was the fact that I knew people's names. Um uh-huh. <laughs> It was like, oh yeah, that's he's Buster for Jones and, know, uh, and he's like, Rum Tum Tugger. Like,
0: oh, yeah. yeah. Crazy. So.
1: Yeah, but I mean, you know, it was what it was, and it was a fun thing to do on a Monday night when we did it, so.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, there have been lots of, like, specials happening, so I'm, I'm moving our list around a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. There's been lots of specials happening in light of COVID-19, in light of relief efforts, in light of our service workers and people on the front lines who are helping us all get through this time, um, and of course, artists have been supporting and coming through in, like, a big, big, big way. Um So we're going to talk about a lot of that, how, you know, the resilience of artists, which is kind of just the most incredible thing, especially for this podcast to talk about, um, like, how the arts are really getting us through this time, you know, Um, the arts and, you know, medical professionals and science. So, so science, guys, science,
1: science,
0: science. (laughs) So um, we have a loaded list today. Should we cover it or should we just kind of like go through it chunk by chunk?
1: Um, Let's do it chunk by chunk. Let's keep people guessing.
0: All right. We're going to keep you on your toes, quarantiners. So here we go. And I've just coined that phrase. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, quarantiners. Quarantiners rhymes with wieners. And I like it. (laughs) Anything that rhymes with wieners. There you go. Okay. So um, we had Gaga's One World concert and then Sondheim's 90th birthday concert. The Rosie O'Donnell show came back. I think that that was last month. And I mentioned it, but then didn't talk about it. Um, and then Andrea Bocelli did a beautiful thing on Easter Sunday also. So there have been lots of these like lovely live moments happening in lieu of uh, what's been going on, including. Um, SNL doing special like at home versions and also the resurgence of a special Parks and Rec episode as well Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um so let's go ahead and get into the like online accommodative programming that we're seeing now so Mm -hmm. neither of us saw Gaga's One World concert right?
1: No I I didn't see it um I downloaded the album Mm -hmm. um and I, I'm just like mentally preparing myself to listen to her version of the prayer with Celine Dion, um, which like the prayer is a song that gets me because it's a song that I sung at my grandfather's funeral. So mm-hmm. like, you know, it always has. a, And that's what I was bracing myself for with the Andrea Bocelli concert. But mm-hmm. I was like, ooh, like so. Yeah, but I, I didn't watch it.
0: Yeah, I, I tuned in for like a minute and I was like, I'm not in the mood for this right now. Um, knowing mm-hmm. that I'm sure I'd probably be able to watch it somewhere else, some other time. Oh, yeah, uh, it's just, everywhere. I mean, yeah, I mean, if anything, it just speaks to, again, the resilience of everybody willing to like band together during this time and to come through to support mm-hmm. relief efforts. And that was, you know, like kudos to Gaga for organizing and doing such an amazing, uh, co- like a coordination of the world's artists right now mm-hmm. you know that was a yeah. really great thing um let's talk about sondheim's 90th birthday concert you big queen
1: oh yeah so i saw that they were doing the 90th birthday concert and it was going to be a zoom thing uh-huh and I'm like, okay, like this will be fun. So I actually watched it the day after it uh, was live on YouTube, and um, I like had it on while I was working, and it was, it was, it was very fun. It was very delightful. Um, you was can it was tell, another,
0: like zoomed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, anyway.
1: it was another Zoom thing, and people. You can tell, like people who were people who were always going to be creative with Zoom were. Mm-hmm. like randy rainbow did something which you know like that was probably a huge thing for him right. um but like the people who uh sutton foster uh, like you can tell that she like put up a sheet in her apartment but like someone did like actual like really subtle camera work with their iphone or whatever and then like you know then there were two people who they didn't um they just sang like acapella like had no music in the background so like mandy Patinkin was outside and he sang something and then bernadette peters was in her like dining room and sang something and didn't you know didn't have any um Which didn't I mean, have any back
0: anybody can get away with shit like that it's gonna be bernadette peters and mandy Patinkin, it,
1: exactly and yeah. and i was like okay and you can you can just tell like the people and and the other thing too was very it was a very clear you know i know I don't know anything about Sondheim the man. I know about Sondheim's work, right? So you can tell, like the people who were, like, called him Steve versus <laughs> called him Mr. Sondheim. Like that was, was such a, lot a of distinction conversation
0: around that. Yeah. The, who who has the privilege of calling him Steve? Like Patty LaPone and you know mm-hmm. and Bernadette Peters call him Steve. It's like, well, of course they do. They're all the in the same age bracket, they're all contemporaries and they've been working together for a million years. And so Mm
1: -hmm. they're friends. And then like, yeah. And like they're friends and, and like, I think my the most the best moment that i had was like uh one of the best moments i think was uh beanie feldstein and ben platt's uh duet from into the woods Mm -hmm. and like beanie feldstein like you know she's like they're both at home she's like turning this look and like ben platt is serving like full gay quarantine mustache in like overalls and and like a t-shirt and i was just like you know what i love this because a you know you have the talent to back it up but b who gives a fuck you're like at home
0: yeah yeah, quarantine i feel like he's been quarantined in those overalls throughout that's really been his look <laughs> he's really yeah and right now.
1: Okay. and he was like you know what i'm i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it <laughs> um yeah, the scene stealer moment was of course, Audrey McDonald. Um, Christine Baranski and Meryl Streep doing Ladies Who Lunch.
0: Which I still have not seen yet. I am, I'm not the biggest fan of Sondheim's work and music. I just, anybody who I've had musical theater conversations with over the years knows this about me. (laughs) And I just, meh. And the other thing that I think I kind of hit my limit on recently, as like recent as last week, was the Zoom programming, like the look of Zoom programming, you know? So by the time Sondheim's 90th birthday concert rolled around, like just seeing the programs of like all of the smaller squares of peoples and like, I'm just, as somebody who teaches middle school through Zoom right now, I don't want to see more images of Zoom screens. It's just, it's frustrating and, you know, and not the way I want to absorb musical theater, certainly, you know? But it's what we got right now. So, you know, be grateful. Um, But anyway, (laughs) one of the very first Zoom coordination things um, was the Rosie O'Donnell show reboot. Did you have anything more to say about Zonheim or no?
1: Oh, no, that was it. Okay. Yeah. It Um, was two hours long. So it was nice to just have in the background and just listen to people sing, which was great.
0: Yeah. The Rosie O'Donnell show was also supposed to be two hours long. It wound up being about three and a half, yeah, it was crazy, and I watched it in real time because uh it was background noise while I was like doing my nails or something, and it was like the first of of those experimental kinds of things, so there were a lot of technical difficulties, and there was a lot of um uh inequity in the quality of of work that was coming through per people's technical um, capabilities, you know? And, um, but I mean, you know, people got on there and they were so thrilled to like see Rosie O'Donnell again in that that kind of format. And, um, you know, so it was such a love letter to, uh, the actors fund and, um, and really raising money to support artists in New York city while Broadway is shut down, but not just New York city, like throughout the country, supporting regional theater and artists. And again, when you hear like the actors fund, People think it's just about the actors, but it's not. It's everybody who works in theater. So the Actors Fund really supports all theater workers um, on stage and off, uh, and designers and technical people and, and all of it. So um, that was like a really exciting cause, and they raised a shit ton of money that night.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I can really get behind when it's like, when it's the promotion of a good cause, you yeah, know, and... Yeah. and- And, you know, again, like, it's, these are difficult times and people are giving when they can, where they can. So, but it's also nice to, like, you know, have this kind of resurgence of the telethon. Yeah,
0: but that's it. It's a telethon. That's exactly what it is. It's no longer, like, a show or a concert. It's a telethon cut to someone's living room oh great that's what patty lapone's basement looks like cool great moving on to the next thing oh billy porter's gonna sing me a song from the comfort of his bed great cool next thing you know it's it's a very strange format and weird space we're in right now um how was andrea bocelli at easter
1: oh that was i watched it twice i watched it once on my own just because i needed to I just wanted to have a moment by myself and then I put it on in the TV living room for my parents um uh to watch more like my mom to watch um and it was nice I think like what what got me was the fact that like two things got me first is the fact that like this is Easter Sunday in Milan like that cathedral should be packed like the yeah. streets it was in a it was in the um in the like the Duomo of milan the iconic church that's there and so it like this is this like should be packed like it should be there should be people roaming the streets so i was like you know that that got to me a little bit just to see how much it's you know and and like to also he did this he was talking a little bit a little narration beforehand of of like you know this is um You know, we're hoping that the healing power of music, you know, from Italy's heart, like this is Mm -hmm. about not only healing the world, but healing. uh, this is for healing for Italy, too. And then when he um, is slowly walking to the mic um, outside the church, just outside the church in front of the, like, very iconic edifice, um, and then, like, singing Amazing Grace and, like, being, like, you know, in the background, there's, like, some choir and, you know, Orchestra somewhere, and then cutting to the different locations around the world that are like empty from the quarantine. <clears throat> yeah, it was it was a lot, but it was beautiful, and it was just him and.
0: Was it a full concert, or was it one song?
1: No, it was a it was like a thirty minute concert. So oh, yeah. he did a couple songs. He did a few versions of Ave Maria, and it was him in an organ. You know, which I thought was brilliant because you know the only way you can get that kind of full you know, orchestra sound from one instrument with other, another person is that. Yeah. Um, but to just see him, you know, do that was just really impactful. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I believe it's still out there. So, you know, it's still out there if, if people want, you know, have time.
0: Sure. Uh, it's Of course, it's still out there. Everything exists on the Internet. <laughs> yeah. Nothing goes away, you guys. You can still see all of these things, um, including SNL at Home. Mm-hmm. Um, which was really interesting because it's not necessarily live anymore, you know. So Saturday Night Live is you know, obviously not. Um, but And it's not necessarily good either, but it's strangely comforting to know that they're mm-hmm. still doing it. Um, so all of them got together and they put together these, you know, shabbily produced segments. And, you know, in the first episode that they put out, Tom Hanks quote unquote hosted you know, with an opening monologue and, and then Brad Pitt did the second one where he famously came on as Dr. Fauci, um, to open the show. And yeah, what are your thoughts on it?
1: I think that there was, there was definitely a change in quality from first to second 100%. one.
0: Hundred percent, The production quality like shot up for the second episode.
1: Cause I think fig- they, I think they figured like people just loved it so much that they went ahead and just put a little bit more into it. Yeah. Um, I think what was a nice reminder is that people like they're, they, they're like scattered across the country. So, you know, they, they all, everyone returned back to where they have like their permanent homes. So they're not even in all in New York, really. They're all yeah. um scattered across the country. So um, they were you know different abilities like you know the the thing is that some people had like costumes and like wigs and things like that um in their homes already but you know that's because they're comedic comedic actors um and i thought it was again strangely comforting like you know and especially the first episode because um michael che's grandmother passed uh Uh, due to complications with covid um uh, short before that they were going to have this um have the first episode and he between the
0: first and the second episode
1: no no it was before because he made a he he made a comment about it on the air and then he also posted something on instagram about like how it was going to be weird to not be there with Mm -hmm. all of his castmates. Mm -hmm. um I know that I've I know that I've like probably said a few things that were not uh, favorable about Pete Davidson, but like Pete Davidson is killing this quarantine. I was
0: thinking about that. We both said we had a big conversation about the uselessness of Pete Davidson on SNL (laughs) recently, especially like in the and then the quarantine hit, and now all of a sudden Pete Davidson in his mom's basement in Staten Island is exactly the right venue for him, and he's really fitting into you know, um the SNL format here. And especially like on the second episode where he did this song parody paired up with Adam Sandler. Mm-hmm. And um yeah, I feel like he's really kind of come through in big ways. Yeah, it
1: it's been so cool how they're able to how they're adapting the show and to see the changes and like at the end of all this, it's like shout out to those video editors out there. Yeah. <laughs> Those people who are like working from home and to do to put all this stuff together, but like and to make it like visually interesting, and for a moment you forget, right? Like for a moment you forget that you're not watching you don't, like the big sets and stuff. It's yeah. it's it's just like a tiny step up from radio, right? Where you're using yeah. your imagination.
0: Uh huh. And segue into the Parks and Rec reboot that they did also felt like I wasn't watching a Zoom meeting. It clearly was like everybody recording in their own spaces, but the way that they compiled this episode felt smart. It didn't feel like a thousand people just, you know, dialing in from their bedrooms. Um, And so that was like a really lovely gift to the world who like was so in love with that series and really wanted to see Nick Offerman and Amy Poehler and like Chris Pratt and like Rob Lowe and everybody kind of come back together in that beautiful series that was so beloved and it was such a feel-good series. And I think America and the world is really craving those feel-good series that they loved. Um, so when Parks and Rec did their reboot, it felt produced in the right way, the way that that second mm-hmm. episode of SNL did. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Um, along those lines of television. Um, so, I've been watching with my special man friend. Um, We started months ago. um, I started showing him Grace and Frankie. Yes,
0: your lesbian comedy, yes.
1: Yes, my lesbian comedy from the (laughs) beginning. And, um, And then we finished it like we finished it the week before it was announced that they were going to do a live table read on zoom. And this oh. was at the beginning of all the zoom stuff. So okay. we, we FaceTimed each other on mute and then watched on YouTube. They did a full cast reunion and basically they had already filmed the first episode of the upcoming season, which is their up the final season. And they decided to do a fundraiser for meals on wheels because it was specifically like with regards to the show like it's a uh, their primary uh clients that they they have services for are the elderly so they crashed the meals on wheels website with the amount of people that were oh. trying to flood there to bring, bring donations
0: oh, I don't and really love yes yeah
1: and it was it was hilarious because you can tell like besides the fact that like martin sheen said that he, he didn't have a computer like he didn't have a cell phone or a computer <laughs> And so he had to like get his daughter to help him. Like you can totally tell that like, like Lily Tomlin was reading her script on her computer, and uh-huh. like in between, uh, Jane Fonda was like, "Tomlin, Tomlin, can you please talk to the camera? <laughs> talk <laughs> to the camera." And she's like, "I can't read and talk to the camera at the same." So you know, it's all of those those Zoom things that we were all dealing with at the yeah. beginning of you know this month, and. But it was just also awesome just to see them interact. And not even for like, I don't remember a damn thing about the episode, but what I do remember is like their interactions and seeing them all have fun. So that's
0: it because there's a comfort in seeing, uh, you know, these casts together reunited, right? Like Mm -hmm. feel good. Like, yes, I want to see all of those people together in one room and working on something together. And yeah, there's something that's comforting about that. And, Warm and fuzzy, and that's totally what we eat. absolutely. All right, well, we're going to skadooch now into the gay corner of this episode, which, ironically, Josephine has been so wrapped up in his lesbian comedies (laughs) that he has like shirked his gay duties, dare I say? Mm, yeah
1: i mean you know what that's fair to say that is fair to say so i've been um keeping a nice like two week um a two week distance from like a padding episodes for rupaul's drag race Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm um and so i'm like two as of recording this i'm two episodes behind so i've not I I don't know what's going on. It got a little difficult to watch because of the Sherry Pie stuff, but I feel like the editors are doing a good job of keeping her storyline to a minimum. Oh, do things happen? Okay, now I might no, have to no, watch. No, no,
0: no, no, no. I no things have not happened, but I would push back on that. I think that the editors cutting out Sherry Pie, like it's so confusing to watch because you forget that she's mm. there in the episode. And then all of a sudden you're like, you're watching the runway and you're like, wait, did I see what cherry pie was wearing? I don't remember or what, you know? And like, so all of these segments of like Rue stopping by the table to talk to the girls and things like that. Like all of that stuff is just there. So you forget she's in the episode and then bam, she's there and she's won a thing. Mm-hmm. And you're like, what, where were you? It's very confusing and it's, okay. I don't know, really inconveniently done, I think.
2: Okay. I mean, okay. I, I respect that opinion. But yeah.
0: it's inconvenient to the viewer, I would mm, say. Okay. Um, also, what started this month was ce- RuPaul's Secret Celebrity Drag Race. Josephine has not watched this. There have been two episodes of this. I have watched them both. The first episode, the celebrities that they had. they have So they have three celebrities. That are like, who is it? Who's it going to be? And then they have like three returning drag queens who are like their big sisters throughout this, right? Mm -hmm,
2: mm -hmm.
0: Um, The first episode, I had no idea who the hell those celebrities were. It was like someone from Riverdale. And
1: that was Joshua's thing as well. Like he was like, I I think I just don't don't know who who these people are.
0: I did not know who they were. The second episode that they did, I knew who they were. And it was super emotional. And I was oh. and I was like, I was talking to LaTanya. Shout out LaTanya, who will probably never listen to this. But I was, I was telling her about it. And I was like, why am I crying through this musical right now? And she was like, girl, I know. It was super emotional, too. It's very emotional. Uh, and the second episode, I think, was really, really well done. So again, a little hit or miss. But I think there's only like four episodes total of the okay. celebrity drag race it's worth it it's worth watching okay yeah do it especially if you're a fan and you followed the series forever and we support rupaul so do it sure why not
1: okay you know, i will definitely the- do it then
0: here's the other thing in gay corner in your gay corner that you have shirked which makes <laughs> it sound a little dirty joe's shirking his gay corner
1: I- It's the only gay thing I'm shirking these
0: days. (laughs) (laughs) I can imagine. Um, So I kind of stumbled upon We're Here on HBO. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: um, Which features Bob the Drag Queen, Shangela, and Eureka. And the premise of this is very Queer Eye. Where Mm -hmm. they go into Small Town USA And mentor not just queer people, not just straight people, not just men, not just women, not just trans people. They mentor like three select people or three select couples or groups of people in these towns for a week. And at the Mm -hmm. end of the week, they have a big drag show in the town. And um, you get to know like their stories. And I feel like I love Bob and Shandala in a way that I didn't love them on RuPaul's Drag Race mm-hmm. because I'm getting to see like such a more human side of who they are now, mm-hmm. and I did not see that um, on, Drag, on Race. Drag Race. Yeah. So, and it's real, and I've always loved Eureka, always. So it's it's been a really like lovely, lovely series because there's so much humanity and so much like heart in it. I really love it.
1: Okay, and that's on that's HBO. On HBO. That is on HBO. All right, you should watch it. Oh, you know, <laughs> never mind. What? <laughs> I'll save this. Uh, well, have you have you heard of the show Dragnificent?
0: I did you tell me about this? I think you did. I don't
1: know if I told you about this cuz it's because I just discovered it too. It's on TLC.
0: Someone told me they were yeah, I have heard of this but I don't know what it is. Tell me okay. Why.
1: Well, it's it's a show on TV uh, TLC that's kind of like exactly almost exactly like we're here, but it's Thorji Thor, um okay. Bibi Zahara Benet, uh-huh. um and I think Jinx Monsoon who are doing this like are doing makeovers as well. Um I have not seen an episode of it. It is uh it is on my list to watch though. Right. Because I do love like, you know, I love TLC. I mean training spaces like I do love a TLC type thing.
0: <laughs>
1: and I was like I do like just to see Bibi Zahara benet interact right. with Thorji G- Thor would be amazing.
0: Well, that's kind of why I love we're here though cuz it feels like it's gotten back to kind of the heart of like those early seasons of Drag Race where mm-hmm. we really heard stories of the queens and we knew who they were. And now I feel Drag Race has become like really politicized and really commercialized. And we still love it, but it's a machine now, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and We're Here kind of gets back to like the human stories mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. it. And that's, I'm just a weepy mess every time I'm watching it. So there you go. I mean, I'm sure that Dragnificent is right up there with it.
1: <laughs> i mean it, it has that like campy element of tlc attached to it of yeah so we'll see really? um but yeah
0: joe just gave an eyebrow raise and a shake of head
1: an eyebrow raise, shake of head oh, um i'll be living in gay corner i was telling wendy that like i do like a like two hours like i do like one night where it's just like all like drag race and all that stuff mm-hmm. so now i have like several nights i have a week of drag race of drag content
0: Well, that was my Saturday. Saturday, I watched like three episodes in a row of like, bam, 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 like drag race, celebrity drag race, we're here. And all of a sudden, I was like, I have consumed so much emotional gay content in one day. (laughs) I was like, weeping over drag queens for a whole morning. It was a big deal, guys. Love it. All right, quarantiners. We're moving into the original programming of this month. Um, mm-hmm. lots of new things came out. Um, so, um, a couple of things we're going to talk about Miss America, Mrs. America, which is mm-hmm. on FX on Hulu. So we'll talk about that. We're going to talk about bad education, which was an HBO original movie. Uh, we're going to talk about black as fuck. Um, and then. Uh, Quibi. There were also some other things that came out on Netflix, but at the very end of the month, and we're going to kind of push them to the May conversation because they deserve some time. Um, But A Secret Love came out and then also Circus Books came out. Uh, Yeah, Circus of Books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then Never Have I Ever, which is Mindy Kaling's darling show on Netflix. So we'll talk about all of that in May. But uh, for now, Mrs. America uh, FX on Hulu is insane. <laughs> um, it's crazy. So it's basically this whole really beautifully crafted series around, you know, the rise of feminism and the fight for the Equal Rights Amendment. Uh, so Rose Byrne is playing Gloria Steinem, and uh, Uzo Adoba is playing Shirley Chisholm. Um, uh, Tracy Allman is playing Betty uh, for Fried- freedom, Freddie. For yep. Dan. Yeah, yeah, um, it's like it's just the casting in the show is phenomenal. Uh, Phyllis Schlatley is being played by Kate
1: Blanchett.
0: Blanchette, thank you. Um, and like the side by sides, if you look at like the actors casting and and costume and makeup with the original pioneer of movement. Like those side by sides are phenomenal.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's so great. There's some big names in this series too. James Marsden is in it. Uh Bobby is in it. Uh John Slattery's in it. There's so 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 many big, big names here. And it's just really, really beautifully done. Adrian Brody was in the latest episode, but every episode is named after like one female pioneer. So like Phyllis and then um Gloria Betty and Shirley and all of that. So it's just it's a little slow moving. The series is a little slow moving, but it really breaks down um the fight uh in the time and also kind of like the ugliness within the time, like even the, the inequities that happened within the women's movement, you know, in mm-hmm. terms of like black feminists and lesbian feminists and and all of it. So uh, it's just, it's really carefully done. And the, it's really great. It's really phenomenal. And I would be surprised if come Emmy season, it's not like way up there. I'm sure it'll be up there with like Ryan Murphy's Hollywood and all of these mm-hmm. other, and little fires everywhere. And, you know, there's, there's been so much original programming this year. That's just been so phenomenal. And this is America is just right up there so it's bomb um so yeah that has my recommendation
1: okay okay sure. joshua has been talking a lot about it too uh-huh. um What's and he, he he's he has exactly the same things to say like you know i he he likes how it's not pulling any punches um uh-huh. <laughs> and how it's not um it's telling honest stories specifically about how uh they kind of sandbag Chirly Chisholm. <laughs> completely. Um, completely yeah
0: yeah it's it's really great. They have peppered a few um fictional characters in there as well, just to kind of round out some story episodes and mm-hmm. story arcs um, but and the fictional characters that they've added in are also like some pretty big actors. it's just It's a really beautifully done series. Um, and yes, just <laughs> Joshua and I usually have the same opinions on things, though, so I'm not surprised. Um, will you talk to me, please, about Quibi?
1: Oh, Quibi! Um, Quibi, Quibi stands for well. Quibi is a portmanteau word from the the term "quick bites." So, the concept behind Quibi is that um, all the programming on Quibi is uh, under ten minutes long. So, either you're watching like you know a six, five to seven minute series. Like a reality series, or you're watching like these mini movies that are told in, um, that are told in different, in small bites. Um, and it's been interesting, uh, to watch, um, I, was a very, very early on I knew about Quibi because one of the comedians that I follow was going to have a, a show on it and I was, you know, had it saved and they, this, they're not, um, they're not messing around with who they have coming in with Quibi. I mean, like, mm-hmm. um Will Smith has a Quibi show. They brought really? out, like, Christoph Waltz. Yeah. Wow. he he's doing like a show with comedians. And so it's very much capitalizing on like what YouTube does where like, you know, people are watching these short YouTube content, but they're making it professional. Um, So I have like my top, uh, the top Quibi shows that I've been watching. Uh um, And I have to say that that they're, um, they're all, um, they're all reality programs. Like they're not, none of them are narrative yet because like, and it's fun because like if you're if you're a person who like reads your phone on the toilet, which we know you do, don't don't yep. don't hate. Don't like is great for you because you can like watch one episode in a time, you know, in the mm-hmm. the time it may take you to pass a bowel movement. <laughs> and so with with this, I've been um I've consumed like almost all the episodes of these different shows, but they're all um it works really well for like their original reality content. I haven't yet do- dove into the different narrative pro- stuff so we'll talk about that later in a little bit so the shows i want to bring up is like really quick summaries game show which is the comedian that i follow is matt rogers so he co-hosts game show with um his partner or his friend um dave mazzoni and basically this started out as a live show that they would do in the new york gay comedy scene Ooh. and what happens is that there they have two um they have two straight men come on and they get to compete in a series of like gay theme challenges to determine who um, will be honorarily gay as fuck at the end. <laughs> and they each have a coach and the coach is either um, a wise queer or a woman who gets it. <laughs> <laughs> and then they do like, it's so great. Cause they, um, they do like celebrity essences. So they give like three different things that make up a celebrity and they have to like figure out who the celebrity is. It's completely arbitrary. Um, some of the challenges are um, best, su- uh, a best supporting actress where they have to like deliver a line as if they were like a celebrity supporting actress trope. Um there's a whole love letter to kirsten dunce like it's very gay very smart um nice. and my number one show that i've been watching i hope it gets picked up for a second season um the other one the second one and i actually i i sent this to courtney a former uh spotting guest courtney um is Dishmantled, uh-huh. which titus burgess hosts uh oh. you know of, you know, Broadway fame. Mm-hmm. And basically what it is, it's a cooking show where two chefs uh, compete. And what they do is Titus Burgess, uh, they have to make a dish that has been shot out of an air cannon at them. What? So, I know, it's so it's like very Japanese game show. Like, <laughs> they, and then they like, they, they're in this pod and they get this dish shot out of an air cannon at them. And then they have to like eat it off of their garments, you know, eat it off of their frock, out of off of the walls to taste it. Then they have 30 minutes to make it and they have to figure out what and they have to see who get who's the best wow. at recreating the dish. That's and my cool. favorite thing is like Titus Burgess is like when they present the dishes, he's like he's like, Cindy, what the hell is this? <laughs> <laughs> and they've had like Wolfgang Puck on, like it's been Crazy, really? awesome. yeah, but not as one of the com- competing show, but one of the judges.
0: <laughs> nice.
1: So, um, along the similar lines of insanity is Chrissy's Court, where happened. where Chrissy Teigen, um, yeah. John Legend's wife, plays is basically a judge that's delivering, um, like, a la uh, Judge Judy or Judge Mathis, and mm-hmm. the people that are on there are like special. <laughs> 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 it's like you know. This person's roommate, you know, uh, borrowed their car and didn't fill up the gas tank and got a ticket. This person says they shouldn't have to pay because they're a hater.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and so Chrissy is actually she, a very she, fair jurist.
0: She does really well at, like, just good, ridiculous fun.
1: And it's um, it's her and then her mother's the bailiff. Yeah. <laughs> Chrissy Deacon's I mean. mother's the bailiff. Mm-hmm. Um, they also have rebooted content, so they rebooted. Singled out
0: from MTV.
1: From MTV.
0: Oh my God, Jenny McCarthy singled out. Yo. Yes.
1: So, um, Kiki Palmer uh-huh. of uh, of Hustlers fame uh-huh. and you know Disney Channel yeah. fame. Um, hosts it with joel Kimbooster, who's another gay comedian and basically the the twist for this one is um all of the potential suitors or sutresses or suitor persons non-binary persons are all people that the uh the pre- the person is like um connected to on social media oh, okay so like they're all somehow related like on Instagram or Facebook and sometimes it's like I've been meaning to like I'm my, your best friend's ex and I've been really interested in you uh-huh. and they are exploring like it is not just um, heterosexual couples like the first episode is like this bisexual girl so she got like guys and girls in there. like it's it's a, it's really fun. it's completely ridiculous mm-hmm. um, They rebooted punked. Um which Ashton Kutcher's punked yeah. with chance the rapper,
2: okay,
1: <laughs> and chance is actually perfect for this show because he's so already like just so endearing and charismatic uh-huh. um, great punked was um the great episode was uh, Megan the stallion oh, and yeah. lil nas x <laughs> <laughs> That's a problem. and then um one show that I will be watching. Um, in, and reporting on in next month in our little quibby corner is uh, this new show that came out with Anna Kendrick called dummy oh. where um, she basically um, she so the dummy's about uh, she starts to have a conversation and hears the voices of her like boyfriend's sex doll so like it's like talking to her and it doesn't talk to anyone else and so she's like building this friendship with her boyfriend's sex doll. Okay. That's quibby for you. All right. <laughs> okay. Sure. But it's I'll Anna be, Kendrick, so it's going to yeah, be I mean, awkward. I
0: love uh, yeah, we love Anna Kendrick. Straight up. Um, I want to talk a little bit about, HBO just released Bad Education, a movie about the Rosalind High School scandal, school district scandal, on Long Island. Um, I'll have you know that Lorraine texted me that morning, like, voice message memoed me. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Yeah, like, all of a sudden, I get two voice text messages from her, and I'm like, what the hell is this? What's going on? I just want to remind you that that HBO movie, Bad Education, is on tonight. It's at at 6 o'clock or 7 o'clock, whatever. And I was like, did that really merit a voice message? What the hell? Anyway. well,
1: You're supporting family, right? It's about...
0: (laughs) (laughs) So... (laughs) Rosalind long Island it's a little further uh further west further inlands towards Manhattan uh, mm-hmm. than where I grew up I grew up uh, over in the town of Huntington which is kind of like the next North shore over um the next North Shore town over um so yeah it was apparently and this happened in 2002
1: oh wow okay
0: 2002 or 2001 or 2002 something like that. It was after I no longer lived on Long Island. Um I was actually living in California at the time. So um so yeah, like I I don't think that because I I wasn't on Long Island at the time like I I wasn't acutely aware of this scandal or it being in in my immediate news cycle every day. Um but my mom was and my mom worked in the high schools. Um <gasps> Oh, so goodness. Mom, my mom was a uh, – she worked at clerical in the high school that I went to in um, on Long Island. And so because she was within the school districts and things like that, this was like major news at the time. Um, and basically the Rosalind School District had people at the highest level in the superintendent's office that were pilfering money from the school district, like millions and millions of dollars – to send their own children to college, to buy them cars, second homes, have renovations done and things like this. And the scandal is that um, one of the students at Roslyn High School broke the story in their school newspaper.
1: Wow.
0: Yeah. So like that was kind of like the cool like, yeah, stick them where it hurts. Um, So – it was a really, really beautifully done um, movie, and it was Hugh Jackman and Allison Janney, and like you just can't go wrong with that cast, you know. Um, there were a lot of really, really great names in there and really great performances, but it was a really riveting movie and story mm-hmm. to just kind of follow because you're like, what? You don't think that that kind of shit could happen, especially now that like everything's so like nickels and dimes and um, and so accountable. But this is why because people got away with shady shit like this you know um so it was just really interesting to see and also like yo that happened so close to me (laughs) that was crazy um so yeah so thanks for the recommendation Lorraine not that she'll ever read this either
1: (laughs) (laughs) you never know Uh, you know quarantine's real she might
0: (laughs) (laughs) quarantine is real maybe she'll catch up on the three years we've been doing this podcast all of a sudden Oh, um, tell me
1: about black as fuck black. AF. Oh my God. So hashtag black AF is a new, um, mockumentary series. I had to check and see if it was real. Cause I didn't know. So it's, it's by Kenya Barris and it stars Kenya Barris, uh, uh-huh. famously of, um, blackish fame. And, um, uh-huh. he basically plays a fictionalized version of himself and his family where, um, Rashida Jones plays his wife and uh, the premise is that uh, his second oldest daughter is doing a documentary to get into NYU film school, uh-huh. and um, they taught. And basically, the whole the whole thing is like talking about like being and a like rich, affluent, like black man, and mm-hmm. then what comes from that, and it's so. <laughs> It's it's a little difficult to explain, but it definitely relies on like that like modern family, uh, mockumentary style, and also like a little bit of guest films. But what I love about it is that it's everything that it's it took like the radical blackness of Blackish and Uh like takes it up a notch because it's Netflix, Uh and so and and what I and that's what I love about it because it's so thoughtful and um really um. Really has uh, says something about like that culture and also like the kind of like interesting nature of like being like affluent and being rich, but then also being black and really petty, <laughs> and, uh-huh. and it, it, yeah, it's Rashida just. Rashida
0: Jones the, is in this. Is Rashida in Jones is in. Right? Yes. Is there a connection and, to her character on Blackish? No.
1: Um, I don't know. I don't she think plays, so. I think. And she, she plays. Barry um, series
0: too.
1: Yeah, she plays. Um. Rainbow around. Sister, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So she knows she she's there as like Kenya Barris's wife, which I don't think she's not really married to no. Kenya Barris in real no. life. Um, but what's interesting about it is that there's actually been a lot of talk about like Rashida Jones in this because mm-hmm. of Rashida Jones's nature as like a biracial Black woman who for yeah, a long time cast as white. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So it's been interesting to kind of see her. Like go off <laughs> in this mm-hmm. in the show, and um, I'm still in the middle of of watching it, and i it's like n- being a fan of Blackish for so long, I really like this show because it's like this is like the blackish that I wish this is the blackish that I really wanted
0: <laughs> oh nice Good. Um,
1: so I recommend it, I recommend okay. it for sure
0: yeah, I'm gonna get there. It's been in like the Netflix is now doing like their their ratings of like the top ten or whatever's trending.
1: I and, guess, yeah.
0: Yeah, so that's been in their top 10 for, you know, since it's premiered. So that's interesting. Um, I'm gonna skr-dooch take a hard left into a glitter sport. Ah! Now, what may you ask? What glitter sports are happening right now? Well, funny we should ask because, first of all, 2020 is screwing us so poorly in the glitter sport behind um because we are being denied our olympics Mm -hmm. we're gonna be denied another season of dancing with stars Mm -hmm. what the hell are we doing we have no glitter yeah we have no glitter sports we don't so therefore i am directing our attention quarantiners to the last dance on espn Now, what, you may say, Wendy? What, you believe in sports? No, I don't. (laughs) I'll remind you that I would sooner stab myself in the eye than sit down and watch a basketball game. But I will watch a 10-hour documentary about a basketball (laughs) series. That's what I will do. This is the great irony of me. I don't believe in sports, but I believe wholeheartedly in sports movies.
1: Yes, so, the the storytelling of sports. It's
0: the storytelling of the sport, and it's the heart of it, right? Okay. So the last dance is a ten out a ten part, one hour each series on ESPN of Michael Jordan's last season with the Lakers, or no, with the Chicago Bulls. I know. <laughs> I'm getting this confused because they mentioned Magic Johnson in the last episode, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he was on the Lakers. Okay, so. Uh, right now there have been four episodes Uh, episodes five and six are airing tonight and it's been really really interesting because initially I just thought it was about Michael Jordan and Mm -hmm. it's not it's about like Scottie Pippen and Dennis Rodman and like all the politics of the league at the time and then we're getting into like the dream team and like the U.S. Olympics and like you know, that was the also the year in, like, 1991 that, like, Magic Johnson revealed his HIV status, and that was so insane, groundbreaking at the time. Um, and so it's just, again, like, a really amazingly done documentary that, like, is the story behind the sport, you know? And it's also really interesting to see how these players have aged at the time because I remember vividly like Dennis Rodman being like a character, like a clown, but I never knew him as an athlete or followed Mm -hmm. like, you know, how intelligent he was about his sport and like the job that he did for the, for the bulls. Um, So learning about that side of it is really interesting. But then I remember like his wackadoo weekend that he had in Vegas, where he like up and married Carmen Electra and like I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> like, so so all this, it's just kind of piecing together all of these things that were like vaguely a part of my memory. And because I never fully cared about what was happening in the sport, but in like the social picture of it all and like what I knew of it and kind of piecing it together now is really fascinating. So um, it's been it's been a fine substitute for a glitter sport. And that's what I have
1: to say about that. I, I'm i so surprised that you're watching this. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, you I truly am.
0: Too. I knew you would. I was like, I'm going to slay Josephine with this news, but I'm going to talk about some basketball.
1: My God, is this a straight podcast now? Uh, no gay corner from me <laughs> yeah, yeah. and you're watching basketball. The I fuck? I
0: really know. Well, there it is. I don't know. Oh, man. But it's it's good, though. It's it's really good. It's really well done. So Okay i still won't watch basketball but i'm gonna watch the shit out of this documentary yep hell yeah um all right are we ready to like take it away into your segment let's do it give you me know your theme song cue it yeah right, <clears throat> Cueing it up the people who made me watching with parents <laughs>
1: Together. do you know how many times i've heard that, that i've sung that I was like "Ah, oh, we're the people who made me i <laughs> uh, just yeah this is great
0: Listen, if i've given you nothing <laughs> in this life i've given you that i gave you, you truly that have. Theme song. and every time you sit your ass down to watch something with your parents you will hear me singing that in your ear.
1: I may have, like, sung it a little bit right before we started watching, and, like, they're <laughs> <laughs> they, they were like, what is the hell? You know, like, what? do, what's our son talking about? I'm
0: like, what is that white girl doing to you? What?
1: So, yeah, so watching with parents, uh, it was a light watching with parents this month. Um,
0: it, though? You got some pretty heavy hits in
1: there. There's some heavy hits, but it was, like, it was fairly light, considering that, like, you know, we had a whole month, and I could have watched, like, you know, ten things with them. Mm-hmm. Um my dad finished Ozark by himself. Okay, god. Um, Go ahead, Pop. Which was great. Um, and, you know, they love, their, they love their news at night. Like, it's hard. Sometimes it's hard to have dinner in the family in the, in the dining room because they like mm-hmm. to keep the news on. I'm just like, I don't want to listen to <laughs> the news right now. Yeah. But when we have had the chance to, you know, divert ourselves, um, it's been fun. So I started showing them. I showed them the first episode of Kim's Convenience Season 1. Okay. Which, you know, I think like Kim's that's Convenience would Netflix, be a fun yeah? that's on Netflix, yeah. And I think that would be a fun show for them to watch just because there's also a ton of episodes and they just released a new season. Um okay. so, and
0: also we should mention that on watching with parents, the balance is finding content that is both entertaining and Christian.
1: Well <laughs> <laughs> I just don't like sitting. I just don't like sitting and like there's like sexual situations mm, in don't there. Want like to you see know, them.
0: Some hot sex scenes sitting next to your pop. No.
1: That's no, 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 no. And, like, and I forgot that the first episode of Kim and Convenience is about, like, one of the big plot points is that, like, Mr. Kim, he, it's, it's about a, a Korean family who run a grocery bodega store in Toronto. And uh-huh. he's, like, giving out a discount for all the gay people during Pride. Oh. <laughs> and so he's all, like, and because, you know, they're like, yeah, you get a gay discount and you get a d- gay discount. So... It's- it, yes a gay discount and it's just so interesting because like i don't like watching so every time i'm about to watch something with them or they're interested in watching something i always like go to the imdb like family like the parental um uh, the parental guidance notes and to see like if there's any sexy sexy weird sexy stuff um which really surprised me because like they watched ozark which was like really um which is re- really graphic violence And I keep telling them that like they could start watching Game of Thrones if they survive Ozark. They could watch Game of Thrones. Anyway, so Kim's convenience was like a nice like again family friendly for us. I'm also like 31 years old. They, my mom has watched one day at a time because I watched it with my sister um, when when she was visiting. So one day at a time is definitely on the list. Um, And then we took it back because like we took it back and watched a movie that we have seen before, but it was fun to revisit uh, Lethal Weapon Four.
2: Oh, Which
1: is in the late nineties. Um, and it has, you know, the original Lethal Weapon actors, Danny Glover, Mel oh, Gibson. Different. It's got a young Chris Rock in it, and a and your uncle Joe Pesci is also in it as well. And <laughs> <laughs> he's he's hilarious in it. Mm-hmm. Um but it's also got Jet Li. Like it's just it's a hilarious show. And right. like you know, so that was that was a fun one to revisit from like the old times. And then you'll appreciate this. Uh, you know, speaking of uh, basketball, Bye, well, as,
2: shake head.
1: <laughs> uh, speaking of basketball as a way to story to tell stories, um, we we managed to find uh, a rental version of The Way Back, uh, aka Ben Affleck's big old drunk basketball movie.
0: Yeah.
1: And we watched Absolutely.
0: that. Josephine texted me and told me, hey, tonight I'm watching with parents. We're watching Ben, ben Affleck as a big old drunk. I was like, um, well, then I need to also. So I also watched with your parents. You're welcome. Um, but yeah, my big thing was like I wasn't going to buy it for $20 like we did with <laughs> so Yeah, exactly. Rent and so, yeah, I rented it. What did you think of it?
1: I wasn't mad at it. I, I actually really it. enjoyed it. <laughs>
0: I'm telling you, here's the thing. You give me a sport movie. You give me a teacher underdog story. You give me a formulaic teacher going to visit a parent who's down on their luck at their place of business moment. I am here (laughs) for all of that. I'm like, yes, give me that formulaic. (laughs)
1: You, yes, you give me a teacher going to, like, it's very Sister Act 2, right? A teacher yeah. saying, like, your student is, like, really talented. Your child is
0: special. Your child has a gift. Listen to me. I know what I'm talking about. And they're yeah. like, no, because they won't make a career out of that.
1: Yeah. Listen, it's like singing. Don't pay the better. bills, Rita. And so,
0: yes. Yes. Whoopi Goldberg knew better, and so did Ben Affleck.
1: I had to look up, I was like, is this based on a true story? (laughs) And it's not. It's completely original. Um, Mm -hmm. It's somebody's story, for sure. Um, I'm sure
0: it's someone's story, yeah. There was definitely, um, there was like a twist in it that I was like, oh, I didn't see that coming. Oh, okay. You know, as far as like his backstory and, Mm -hmm. uh, and his alcoholism and all that. And also, I will say, and I don't think I'm spoiling this for anybody, I will say that like, the, the twist on the, the happy ending, like,
2: mm-hmm.
0: traditionally, you know, like, you would expect him to, like, sober up and be there with the team in their big, big moment. Um, and I'm, I'm kind of glad that this movie didn't land there, you know?
1: Yeah. I was, I was very surprised that that's not where we were going to be. Like where Uh I was surprised how it ended, but I was Uh also like, I felt like that was the truer, the truer story to tell for the experience for people whose experience that is.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and I, and I, what I also loved is that this wasn't a situation of like, you know, no, no, ki- like I'm, this is not a spoiler, but like it wasn't a situation like a Dangerous Minds or a Coach Carter where like people are drug dealing and you know all this stuff. Yeah, it was like and the
0: kids came from the inner city, rough neighborhoods. Like it wasn't exactly. Any of that.
1: Yeah, no, the it was the, like a the kids were school
0: basketball team. <laughs> like, it was exactly. Fine.
1: And the kids were fine, like the, that's the thing yeah. the kids were fine. it was just it was completely centered around the coach and his experience in motivating them, and yeah. like yeah, that was great and plus all of like the uh, the extra people were great too, like all of yeah. like the the assistant coach, the priest like they were all uh-huh. they were all fun,
0: yeah, I was looking through the i m d b of that film afterwards, and like really, he was the only name on that film, you know, like everyone else would, had like very um small acting credits, the woman who played his ex-wife was also in um, *Blind Spotting.
1: Oh, okay. And
0: so she's had a career, and I read a little bit about, like, her relationship with, like, how she came into this movie and, like, how Ben Affleck was really, like, an advocate for her um, and her career. And um, Yeah, but, I mean, there were a lot of, like, oh, I think I recognize you kind of faces in this film, but, but really he was the only, like,
1: headliner yeah i mean i knew the assistant coach because he's a comedian al is a comedian uh-huh. and then i uh, honestly it, i i i saw his name in the credits i didn't think it was going to be him but uh the guy who played the the chaplain the priest the mm-hmm. cursing priest he is a poet that i've seen uh come through town oh. yeah so i was like oh wow i didn't know come you on. were like a, a nice actor so oh, yeah. there you go Gee,
0: ben affleck is a big old drone. Was a good movie. It was worth waiting for the rental. I will say. Yes. Um. And had it listen. Had the world not been shut down, I would have seen that film in the theaters.
1: Yeah, and we wouldn't have been disappointed. It would have been a matinee. No. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> Definitely.
1: It would have yes. been a second movie that we saw.
0: <laughs> sure, but worth it. Worth the hype. I was here for yeah. it. I'm rooting mm-hmm. for Ben affleck in a big way always. So, so there that is. Oh. And there you have it, friends. That was our April. Our really, really locked down April. We are yeah. all still inside. We are all still washing our hands thoroughly. Do you have any new hand-washing songs that have come up?
1: Um, no new hand-washing songs. Still doing, um, you know, uh, <laughs> <The> <laughs> my neck, one. my back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mouth but filthy mouth cleaning. Um, Yeah, it's just been... it's been nice we got bleach like we had bleach delivered finally so you know we're able to be a little bit better about like the door handles and counter space and all that Mm -hmm. um but like we've gotten it down to where like no one's left this house for like two weeks three weeks so um it's all about things that are coming in so Mm -hmm. that's been that's good and yeah we hope that you're doing well as well listener
0: absolutely quarantiners stay clean wash your hands I'm going to use the word quarantiner as Mm -hmm. often as I can from here on out now (laughs) I love it I mean yes um so yeah we we gotta ride this out there are a bunch of dicks being you know stupid protesters out in the world trying to like fight for the right to get their hairs cut right now and that's just fucking ridiculous and stay home and stay clean (laughs) And wash your hands and be responsible, please, so that Mm -hmm. I don't have to teach middle school online anymore. And
1: (laughs) At the very least, yes. It's got to be, like you know, so that way she doesn't get, (laughs) she doesn't have to teach, (laughs) Uh, Wendy doesn't have to teach middle school online.
0: That's it, really. Do it for me, guys. Please. Just for me. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But we believe in you guys, and thank you for listening. And we're going to post photographs of us Hate watching cats and um, all of that. So um, follow us on Instagram at Art Time of the Month and follow us on iTunes and Spotify and wherever you listen to podcasts and like and subscribe to us and leave us reviews and and all of that stuff. Right? Am I missing anything? Do that all. all.
1: No, that's it. Do it it all.
0: Pretty. Stay smart. Stay pretty. And enjoy your time of the month. Bye. Goodbye!